The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. A gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area. And yes, I have my voice back. It finally decided to uh, come back. I found it. (laughs) I found it. I decided to uh, finally return home to its rightful owner. And uh, I do, in fact, have have a voice. Um, I'm still not uh, 100%. Um, thankfully, uh, Friday, if you tuned into the show, uh, I had Jack Hutton and then, of course, Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett. Uh, those two guys bailed me out big time on Friday. Uh, they were able to come in and do the show for me um, while I was able to save my voice the little bit that I had. Um, And I was able to call Lee Scott football on Friday. Now, it was not my best call by any means. Um, It was not something I will uh, probably be submitting for any awards, but uh, we got through it and we fought through it. Um, And then over the weekend, I'm still just trying to get over uh, having, you know, being sick. And I'm, I'm good now. I'm clear. I've been tested. I'm good. I'm clear. I'm not contagious or anything like that. I am fully clear, but still just trying to get over everything, really. And so um, wasn't here, obviously, yesterday, but I am here today. I do have my voice, and I'm hoping that it doesn't uh, leave me anytime soon because uh, for somebody that talks for a living, it was really weird to not talk for a few days. Um, I was on voice rest. I, I literally did not talk for a couple of days unless I absolutely had to. So, you know, I'm hoping that that's something I don't have to deal with uh, for a long time now. And so uh, I appreciate you all uh, staying with me and hanging through. I know it's it's been inconsistent over the last couple of weeks, at least for my show in particular, um, as I deal with uh, just some some life things and deal with some health stuff going on. And so um, I really, really do appreciate you bearing with me and, and hanging in there and staying tuned here on the station uh, with Doug and then, of course, with Bill and Dan and, and, and the ESPN stuff we're running in between when I can't be here. And so I'm hoping that this is the final time that I've had to be out was, was yesterday. And I'm really hoping... Uh, that I can get through everything and 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 be here for the foreseeable future because to, is, I mean just being straight up I hate not being here guys I hate not being here I hate not being at work um, missing work is not something that I do it's not in my DNA I grew up and missing work was just not an option missing school was not an option um, and so I look as much as I love to sit around in my pajama pants and my recliner as much as the next guy I'm tired of it. And when I'm supposed to be at work and when there's things to be done, especially my show between two and four each and every day, I don't like not being here. So uh, I promise I'm doing everything I can to 
to get myself right, to get my body right, get my mind right, and get everything caught back up. And so I am here today, and I'm very, very glad to be here. My name is Jacob Goins, in case you are new here today. My name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. This is the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We have so much to talk about here on a Tuesday afternoon. Can we talk about the weather first for just a second? I mean, it's gorgeous outside. It is absolutely perfect outside. Sunny, just a couple of clouds. It's perfect temperature. I'm going to be going over later today and watching some Lee Scott football, Pee Wee and JV. Uh, They are both playing this afternoon over at Judd Scott Field, so excited to go and uh, take that in on a gorgeous afternoon now that I'm hopefully, you know, getting off to a better foot here. And so, Excited to go do that. Um, and just a gorgeous day once again here in Auburn and Opelika. But how are you? How are you feeling on a Tuesday? I want to hear from you on the phone lines. They're wide open today. 334-321-1390. We got to talk Auburn LSU. Uh, we got to talk uh, SEC football. We got to talk college football. There's a lot to go over, especially since I was gone yesterday. We got a lot to catch up on, on Auburn football, Auburn athletics, um, everything in between. And so what's on your mind on a Tuesday afternoon? 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through to me. Um, We're going to have some Hugh Freeze audio coming up in just a little bit. Unfortunately, um, no Daryl Dapperts today, no Double D. Uh, He was unable to join us uh, for the show today, so we'll pick back up with him uh, next week. Uh, So, again, no Daryl coming up in the second hour, so it's wide open. It's two hours of you and me, and um, no better way for me to get back in the studio than two straight hours of talking to you. And so, uh, what's on your mind? I want to hear from you. How are you feeling now that it's a couple of days out? removed from the Auburn LSU game I know there's a lot of conversation about that quarterback situation right I know there's a lot of opinions about that quarterback situation and I know there's a lot of concern for that quarterback situation right now for Auburn in the offense in general and I think there is some concern and some questioning in the play calling and the coaching and the skill and the game planning and all of that. I think there's a lot of that going on right now. And so if you're one of those people, give me a call. Tell me why. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what you're questioning. Tell me what you're worried about when it comes to Auburn football. Or if you're on the flip side of things, what if you are still confident? What if you are still optimistic about this season in particular or the future of Auburn football? Any of that. I want to hear from you, and I'm going to give you my thoughts, but I want to hear from you as we're a couple of days out from the LSU loss and the beatdown, if you will, of what happened there in Baton Rouge as we get closer and closer to Auburn and Ole Miss this weekend because Auburn has no chance and no time to to worry about LSU. And Hugh Freeze said that yesterday. Has no time to worry about it because you got Ole Miss coming up. So what's on your mind? I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We are in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Folks, if you have not checked out the Plaza Bar and Lounge over um, off of Opelika Road there, you've got to go check it out. Now, I mean, they are they are the place to go. 
Um, they are right there in Midtown. All those fancy-looking white buildings, that's where they are. So go check them out. They're fantastic. Uh, we love them here. The Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge, they sponsor our studio between 2 and 4 o'clock each and every weekday here on ESPN 106.7. So go give them a check it out. Uh, they got great food, great drinks, all that good stuff. So let's get to the phone lines for the first time today. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Ed. Hey, Ed. How are you, man? Uh, uh, man, I'm not doing too well. Uh, uh, as far as my Auburn fandom. Uh, now, l- let me just state that uh, I just saw we lost another recruit today, a four-star recruit. Yes, on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, and and, and let me just say that uh, Hugh Freeze, I am very, very, very disappointed. And I never, the one thing I never want to hear again from any coaches how a team practice. Well, we had a good week of practice. Well, we had this player practice is good. Nobody cares. You, if, if you suck on Saturday, you know, nobody cares about it. And and if you try, he's acting like he's going, if he doesn't change the way that he's coaching and, and, and do something with the offense, I mean, give something for somebody to hope for, he's going to lose all the recruits, and nobody cares. He's got everybody wants to see you recruit well, but you are sucking so. That game Saturday was pathetic. That was pathetic. That was the worst. The worst effort. There's not one part of that game I can look at that I think was good. Yeah, there were there were a lot of there were a lot of negatives coming out of that game, Ed, and of course the uh, the recruit that you're talking about that decommitted today, uh, the defensive back Jaden Lewis. Um, the, he's a four star from Anniston. Uh, he decommitted this afternoon. Um, from what I'm hearing, um, this was more of a mutual thing that I think people realize. Um, but uh, nevertheless, it's a four star that decommitted. It's a four star that decommitted on the defensive side, and that's never good. That's never good. You want to keep these guys. I'm not buying that Auburn was mutual to letting go of a guy, you know, a four-star. Okay, I'm not buying that, Jacob. You know, that's what you got to say, but Hugh Freeze has got to realize, and I I know he has said, like, uh, I heard, I've heard this from most coaches. I heard it from us, I heard it from definitely heard it from Brian Harson. They don't care about what Joe Public like me thinks about their team. But guess what? Uh, Jimmy Raines and Bobby Louder and the other big boosters are watching the same thing. And when you put out a team and, and listen, why not build for the future? Why keep why not try Garner? Why not put Connor Lou in there. I, I, I'm, I'm sick of the bad snaps from Avery Jones. Why not, you know, uh, Brandon Frazier finally mm-hmm. got a chance and, and, and looked great. I, I mean, is, is he like another Gus that has his favorite little boys that he wants to play or what? 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that, Ed. I, I'm with you at this point. I mean, you're you're far enough into the season, and again, I'm going to get into this on my all of my thoughts on this, and I'm glad you called to kind of get this kick started okay. because, um, yeah. no, no, you're you're 100 because at this point in the season, Ed, what you're doing yeah. is not working, right? What yeah. you're doing's not working, yeah. and you've got to make and some changes. Up, and you're coming off an off week, and and you look worse off an off week. Now that is something that I cannot. I don't think anybody, I've never seen any team look worse after an off week, you know. And I don't think Georgia's that bad. But, hey, buddy, I'm going I'm to hang up and listen to you. Thanks very much. Yeah, appreciate the call, Ed. Great to hear from you as always. 334-321-1390. Um, again, phone lines are wide open today. Uh, no guests coming up in the second hour. Do have some Hugh Freeze audio for you later. But other than that, uh, phone lines are open. What are your thoughts? I want to hear from you as I give you my thoughts. React to me. Give me your thoughts. Um, and as we move along throughout the week, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. couple of things there uh, that Ed was talking about. First of all, the game on Saturday against LSU. I know this is the this is the first time I've had a chance to 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 give my two cents on all of this. Um, in the recruit today, I'll just keep it pretty simple on that. Um, Jaden Lewis decommitting the four-star defensive back. Um, all I'm saying is that's what I'm hearing, is that it was a more of a mutual thing. I don't know 100%. I don't. And I don't have to say anything. I'm giving you what I think and what I'm being told and what I'm hearing. Either way, it's not a good thing. It's not good to see a four-star decommit, Right. It's not good to see a four-star DB commit who may or may not end up at another SEC school. So that's not a good thing. And what plays into that, and this is a later conversation I want to have with you, what plays into this is the fact that we're halfway, over halfway through the season now, and there has not been one game against Power 5 competition except Georgia and again, that's a separate situation where you could have won the game, which is insane. But you're halfway through and you're 3-3. Three and three, And you're winless in the SEC. Now, it's been a tough slate. It was a tough open to the conference schedule. We know that. But halfway through the year, and there really hasn't been a game where Auburn fans can truly hang their hat on. The Georgia game's the only one where you can make some, some good out of it. But even then, you go back and look at it, and the questions then become, or the concerns or the topics of conversation then become, well, man, Auburn only lost that game by a touchdown. They could have won that game. Some would say they should have won that game. That's the only game this year that I think Auburn fans could be proud of performance-wise, so far. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm not saying that in a negative way towards the team or towards the coaches or anything. I'm speaking for what I'm hearing from fans just like Ed and other fans here on the show, on social media, in the community. You're halfway through the season, and there hasn't been a whole lot of momentum and progress that seems to be made on the field. And that's affecting recruiting, I'm telling you. Now, is losing one or two guys that we've seen decommit is at the end of the world for Auburn? No. 
It's not. Fans like to think so at times, but it's not. Now, if this continues, if this trend continues, and you start seeing bigger names pop up and start decommitting from Auburn, then you've got an issue. And you know what could cause that? Is not winning football games. Because we talked about this all offseason long before we get to a break. You can talk the talk all you want. Hugh Freeze and company could talk all this big game, right? And any coaching staff can do this. I'm not just saying particularly to Auburn. Any brand new coaching staff can say, look at our big new facility. Here's what we're going to come in and do. You can be a part of this rebuild. You can be a part of something special down the road. But what did we talk about? Every time we brought Christian Clemente in here, and even when Carter was still here, and even when Jack is in here, and T-Bone, and everybody that steps in here, and on the phone, and on and my guest, and, my, and you, the listener, everybody that we talked to, we said, you can do anything you want to on the recruiting trail, but what's the best thing you can do for recruiting? Is win football games. Perform on the field. Results on the field is what brings in the big-name recruits. Because results on the field lead to wins. And wins lead to championships. And championships lead to exposure. And exposure puts you in the league. That's what recruits want. And now you have the whole NIL thing going on where now they want a bunch of money too. Where high-name college football players can make more money than their intro-level contracts in the NFL, which is insane, by the way. But besides that, in recruiting itself, nothing recruits your program better than winning football games. And we knew it was going to be tough in year one. And it's been a tough sled of games. You've got to remember that. Hugh Freeze told us. He told us, before the Texas A&M game, we're about to go through a gauntlet. We're about to play teams that are flat out better than us. And you've seen that over the last three weeks. And I think you saw it worse than any this past Saturday in Baton Rouge. That offense was legit. It was. It was legit. And the defense for LSU played a heck of a lot better than they have but they didn't do anything special. And so we know that Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff have a limited roster. And it's almost like they're coaching with their hands tied behind their back. But nobody's worried. Nobody feels sorry for you as a coach. And nobody feels so and I don't think they're asking for that. But you got to find a way, right? You got to find a way to make some progress. And to win some games. And so far, Auburn's just not doing that. And I think that's where a lot of the concern and a lot of the the anger is coming from Auburn fans. Is the lack of progress and competitiveness. Especially in a game like you saw on Saturday at LSU coming out of a bye week. 334-321-1390. We're going to get to the phone lines when we come back. Would love to hear from you as well on this Tuesday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. You are on the line 
on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. And we got Big Auburn on the phone. Hey, man, what's up? Not much. How are you doing? I'm good, man. What's on your mind? Uh, talked a little bit about Auburn and you know, what bothers me yeah. is all these fans that have probably never coached. First of all, it's going to take time to get where we need to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of these folks don't realize how bad our talent level was when he got here. He admitted, he said, this is not like Auburn talent. And it's not. And it, I don't know who out there. I mean, I'm the biggest Auburn fan ever. And, <laughs> you know, I really expect, I said, if we go three and three, first six games, if I knew it would be awful hard to win at Texas A&M and then LSU and mm-hmm. beat Georgia. I mean, we just got to get to people. And he's not able to do what he wants to he said yesterday in his press conference that he wanted to go fast, he wanted to do the RPO, but he don't have the players to do it. They can't do it now. Mm-hmm. If they did it now, the defense, somebody like Marcus Harris, would be out there playing 85, 90 snaps. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And I mean, you know, coaches are doing their best to win. I've never seen a coach try to lose, won't lose, but, you know, you're limited sometimes on what you could do. Now, I am I am a little disappointed maybe in some of the effort, you know, I kind of expected maybe a little more, but I really think it's due to the lack of talent. I think if people will be patient, and he's may, he may lose a recruit or two, and he's on pickup some. I mean, when was the last time we've already flipped one from Alabama, couple from Georgia? Right. When was the last time did you see that? Yeah. Miles Ong never did it. Carson never recruited anybody. <laughs> and, I mean, he's got to get players. Yeah. No, you're absolutely it's right. It's not X's and O's that win ball games. It's Jimmy's and Joe's. There you go. Well, you know, I, I think it's I think there's a combination with it right now, Big Auburn. I, I think there's I think a lot of people are in that same boat, especially looking back at these last three games, right? Nobody was expecting Auburn to go two and one against A and M, Georgia, LSU, right? But I think there were some fans that expected maybe to pick up one of those games, right? And pick up a win in one of those games. It was gonna be tough. There's no doubt about it. It was going to be tough. But I think oh, yeah. what was so disappointing for Auburn fans outside or coming out of the LSU game was that you were coming out of a bye week and you really had an opportunity to get that offense rolling against a defense that had not been playing well all season long for LSU. And it just seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of things that were different about the team. And I understand the talent. I mean, you're still playing with the same players, but you got to right. find a way to change it up a little bit. And I think that's where a lot of the disappointment came from. Right. And, you know, just having a bye week 
I mean, the talent ain't going to get that much better. In one <laughs> right. I mean, they ain't going to suddenly become five stars because they get the week off. Yeah, you're right. You're and right about that. I think what's hurting them is they're getting off to bad starts. And, you know, it's so like you said to Georgia, we got off to a good start and got ahead. Mm-hmm. And injuries have not been great for us. I'm not real pleased with, you know, I was expecting more out of the quarterback situation. But, you know, I'm trying to be realistic and realize it's going to take time. Yes. I mean, people's got to realize that. Yep. I mean, Free, I think Freeze is a great man for the job, and I think he'll get it done. And he's, you know, had a did a good job in the transfer portal. But, I mean, if you take an elite quarterback that's in the transfer portal, where are they going? They're going to a good school that's a proven winner and winning now. Right, right. Where they got a chance. I mean, you know, I really think if we'd have been able to get McCall in school, it would have been – much better. It would have been. Big Auburn, we're up against a break, brother. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you calling in. Great to hear from you, man. I hate to let you go, but the music's kicking me out of here. We're going to get to the phone lines again when we come back. Keep calling in. I want to hear from you here on the Tuesday edition of On the Lot. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Let's get to the phone lines again. Got a couple of people on the phones wanting to uh, chime in on this conversation. First up is Terry. You're on the line, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Jacob. How are you? I'm good, man. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, Don't disagree with a thing. The previous caller said Big Auburn, I think your name was. Mm -hmm. Not a thing. But you cannot sit here and tell me that Auburn didn't give good, give give poor effort against LSU, and they're better than that. I agree they don't have the recruits. I, I don't deny that a bit. I think you'd be a fool to deny that. But they're better than than what they showed Saturday night, losing right. by four touchdowns and looking so inept on offense. Because Brian Kelly went in there and, and probably told his defense into the, the game, said, "This is how good we can be, guys." No, that's not how good you can be. That's how bad Auburn is. Yeah, but I think Hugh Freeze will tell you that too on the effort part, and he did. I, I agree. I mean, he he I told totally you agree. that. Yeah, he told you that on but, Monday. But Jacob, it's 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 painful running out of bounds when there's still two yards to gain. Yeah, it's receivers not getting separation. It's some players not playing as hard as you know they can. Yeah, and and you know Hugh Freeze again. He he will tell you that's on him and that's on the coaching staff. But you can and here's the thing: we're halfway through year one. But even so, you can only play that fiddle for so long in my book until you got you yeah. got to make a change right you got to you got to see changes made whether it be the player that's playing or see changes made in a particular player and uh, you've got to make some progress and I don't look I don't know how to do that there's a reason I sit here and get paid to talk about it rather than in the facility and try to make it happen right so right. You, when it comes to effort and heart and passion and caring like you can only take somebody so far if they don't have all those things to a certain extent, if that makes sense. Well, I hear people clamoring for Robbie Ashford, but he only runs eight to ten plays a game. So if you can't run, I mean, if, if the defenses and athleticism are so good in this conference, if you know what's coming, they're going to stop it. Can yeah. you imagine trying to run the ball against Alabama? Yeah, their defense looks pretty solid, doesn't it? 
Have you not, have you not took a look around at what's going on down there? Yeah. Don't knock Alabama and hope they lose every game. But at the same time, they're not going to. They're going to win most every game. They may lose once more, maybe. Um, but can you imagine trying to run the ball against a team that stacks the line over there where just as plain as good as they are? That don't make sense. So, uh, you know, when, when the – they don't. They don't have the when he don't have the ability to run the complete package, which is what Hugh Freeze wants. I think the real quarterback battle at Auburn maybe next year when when Walker White and, and Hank Brown get here. Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. And so that's. But when you see guys like Peyton throwing ducking out of bounds and receivers refusing can't get separation, that's that's the real issues you should be looking at. And oh, by the way, you didn't even get 300 yards or 20 points on a team that's running 13th and 14th on in, in every defensive category in the conference. I know it. I know it. Take care, Jacob. Yeah, appreciate the call, Terry. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Shane, you've been holding on, man. What's up? Hey, man, uh, a few comments real quick. First off, uh, Robbie Ashford did run all over Alabama last year, so uh, I'm pretty sure he can do it again with the better – we have a better offensive line. Um, Yeah, things do have to change. I'm not – you know, I've I've been on here long – you know, long many times I'm not – a fool to think that we're going to, you know, be anything this year. So, so I, I'm, I'm wanting the effort, which was not there. I've seen one game that that wasn't, wasn't. For some reason, we came out and and did nothing against mm-hmm. LSU, uh, and that's the only thing that hurts. Is is you came out for my week. I was thought surely that since you know six games or however many it was, and your quarterback hasn't. It, whether it's a combination of the receiver or what, uh, you know, whatever, it, it just we haven't haven't had a hundred yard game against a good team, and that's ridiculous. I don't remember a time when that has happened. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. Someone might know that Robbie Ashford is going to run the ball, 50, you know, more than more than pass it. But, but I, I still think you need that. You need sometimes you just need a spark. You need something different to to get it going. Um, and. I, we got it. We got to have it. I, I really wonder if that's what's going to happen this weekend. Number one, Hugh Freeze was wasn't really hired to be like the CEO, right? I mean, like you hired it because of his play calling abilities and and these other factors, not the fact that someone else do it. In my opinion, yeah, that's so what it seemed I like. I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him. Uh, you know, more hands on, and and I want to see see more from the from uh, the quarterback. I wonder if it's you know a divided locker room, and that's why there's not much effort. I, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just guessing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe if we just, I think they need to give them Robbie Ashford more than just eight plays, because there's no consistency. Give them a game. Give them Ole Miss at home to see what he can do. Uh, I just you know. That's how I feel. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm absolutely with you. I haven't fully gotten yeah. to the quarterback conversation yet, but uh, Shane, I appreciate you calling in, man. Well, Always great to hear from you. That's Shane and Terry both calling in here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Would love to get your thoughts as well. I know I was out yesterday, so we've got plenty of time today uh, to make up for it, and would love to get you on the on the show. 334-321-1390. It's wide open today. Got some Hugh Freeze audio we're going to play for you later on in the show today. Um, no Daryl Dapperts today, Double D. He's out today. Uh, we'll pick back up with him next Tuesday. So uh, it is wide open for you to uh, give me a call, tell me what's on your mind. I know it's always it's always easy on Saturday night and Sunday to you know just 
you just want to let it fly, right? You just want to let it fly and just and tell everything that's on your mind. But then as you get a couple of days into the week, it's easier to kind of look back and, and really take it all in and have a non or less emotional, I should say, maybe not non-emotional, less emotional take on things. And I think a, a lot of my callers are that way. I think a lot of you, my listeners, are that way, where Tuesday and Wednesday come around and it's that weird transition point of, okay, we're still reacting to what happened this previous weekend and it's time to flip the page to what's coming up this weekend, right? This coming weekend, which of course last weekend LSU and this weekend being Ole Miss. And you heard Hugh Freeze talk about that where you just don't have much time to to talk about the LSU game. A, you don't want to talk about it for very long because of what happened late in Baton Rouge on Saturday. And then you don't have much time to talk about it because you got to get ready for Ole Miss. You've got to get ready for another high-powered offense, high-capable team, a top 15 program in college football right now. And so how do you get better? Well, first of all, you got to talk about what went wrong. And I don't have to sit here and tell you all the things that went wrong on Saturday against LSU. You've already, out of the 10 callers we've had today, you've already told me. And I know, I watched the game, but I don't have to tell you because you all already know. You've pointed them all out. Lack of effort, lack of of care at times, I think, which is crazy to me for an Auburn football team, especially a Hugh Freeze-led Auburn team, right? That just doesn't seem to, to, to add up to me. A lack of offensive efficiency again right again the offense sputtered and didn't do anything I mean nothing you didn't do anything and it was unbelievable to watch and Shane brought up a really good point there Auburn hired Hugh Freeze because he's an offensive guy because he's an effective head coach that has very heavily influenced the game of college football with his offensive game planning and his offensive play calling and his offensive scheme. I don't think Auburn hired him as a CEO. Now, let me say something here. We've talked about that, and we've talked about how Auburn needs a guy like that. And I think later on, Hugh Freeze can be that. But what have I said to you the last few weeks? Early on, right now, And right now, more than ever, he's got to have his hands on the offense. He has got to have his brain all over the playbook. Because without it, you see what's happening. And I think he has picked it up over the last couple of weeks. But I don't think the guys that are out there are getting the job done. And here's what it comes down to. It's the conversation that everybody's having right now about Auburn football. Every Auburn fan in the country is talking about this particular group right now. It's the quarterback. Who should be QB1 right now? We've seen Peyton Thorne as QB1 through six weeks. We've seen it. And it has looked the exact same since UMass all the way to LSU. In Baton Rouge last Saturday night. That's seven total weeks because you had the bye week. That's seven total weeks of the fall plus fall camp. 
And I know we've talked about he wasn't here in the spring, which is a huge factor. It is. It's a huge factor. But we've seen what he is and what this offense is when he is QB1. It's non-existent. It's bad. It's stale. It's boring. It's bad. The offense doesn't move. They can hardly score. They can hardly get first downs. And we talked about coming out of the bye week, were we going to see a change? I didn't think we would, and we didn't. But we also, remember the big question that I posed around this time last week? What was it? Do you remember? I said, is this game against LSU, is this a make-or-break game for quarterback Peyton Thorne? I said, what if he goes in there, and and I think the made-up stats I came up with were like, what if he were to go in this game and throw 9 of 18 for less than 100 yards, no touchdowns, and a couple of interceptions? That's the stats I came up with. I said, if he were to have that, would you replace him? And I had people telling me, yeah, they would. A lot of you told me that you would. Do you know what Peyton Thorne's stats were over the weekend? Do you know what he did against LSU? 12 of 23, just a hair over 50%, and 102 yards. No touchdowns. Didn't have any interceptions. Credit to him. Credit there. Almost 50% passing and a smidge over 100 yards. Borderline the same stat line that I gave you. Take out the turnovers, which that's about the only highlight that Auburn has offensively. They're not turning the ball over, and yet they're still getting beat by 30 points. That's pretty bad. And so you've seen the response since about halftime on Saturday. There's a lot of people that are calling for Peyton Thorne to lose his job. And there's a lot of people that are calling for Robbie Ashford to take over. And you know what? I'm with them. I'm in the same boat. It's crazy. It really is crazy. The fact that it has flipped this much in just six weeks. Because you know me. If you listen to this show, you know me. I was on Peyton Thorne. I told you he was going to be the starter. And he gave Auburn the best chance to win coming into the season. But I don't know if that's the case anymore. We'll talk about it in the wrap-up hour number one when we come back here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. You are On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line was talking about the Auburn quarterback situation before we went to break. And I said that coming into the year, You know me. I was on Peyton Thorne, and and for good reason. We had seen everything I, well, let me say this. I had seen everything I needed to see from Peyton Thorne during his time at Michigan State. 
I saw everything I needed to see from a Power 5 quarterback that I thought could transfer from the Big Ten to the SEC and be successful. We knew it was going to take good offensive line play. We knew it was going to take good wide receiver play. And we knew it was going to take good play calling as well. Some of that we've seen, and some of that we really haven't. And I'll talk about that some more in just a couple of minutes. Let's get to the phone lines again before we wrap up hour number one, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Spectre. Hey, Spectre. What's on your mind, man? Well, you know, it's funny how we come full circle, haven't we? I know it. It's it's crazy, and I'll be the first to admit it. It has come first full circle. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you and uh, uh, what's, uh, what was Bird's name? Oh, Carter. Yeah. Carter Bird. Yeah, I remember some hot conversations with him about Peyton Thorne. Yeah. But the question, you know, I, I brought up that. I said, why is a guy, a captain of, this, of, of the team, with credentials that he had at Michigan State, why is he in the transfer portal? Something's happened up there. We don't know. And that's why I brought up before with other with other shows mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we you need some way of knowing some kind of report card on, on, on a guy coming out of another team to your team. And, of course, you got film on him and everything else, but you don't know the psychological point is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, has a coach had a, has the previous coach had a problem with him, or or is he just can't get this, can't get that, whatever? But you know, one of the callers I can't remember who it was brought up a good point. I think it was Terry. When I saw Peyton Thorne, this is a guy with with two years' experience in the Big Ten, and he has to get a first down to continue the drive. Mm-hmm. He's running the ball to the sideline and takes a beeline. Instead of getting the two yards he needs, gets out of bounds, try to stop the clock. And the clock doesn't stop because it's changed. Mm-hmm. So that's something that he should have already known. He should know that. Correct. And um, then everybody brings us back to Ashford. Now, Ashford has got SEC experience. Peyton Thorne doesn't. This is the part I do not understand. Look what... Look what um, Ashford did with LSU last year. Mm-hmm. 337 yards. Oh, Peyton, oh, we can't put him in there because he can't throw down the field. 53 yards, 54 yards against LSU last year. Tell me, he can't throw a pass. He isn't getting the, he isn't getting the snaps. Yeah, uh, and, and, and yeah, and, and here's the problem for me is you're, what you just said. He's not getting the snaps. And I, I to this point, I thought Peyton Thorne was the right man. And the biggest word that I could come up with, Spectre, is disappointing. I mean, it's disappointing because I truly did think that Peyton Thorne gave Auburn the best chance to win football games. But we're six weeks in, and, and my mind has changed, I think. You know something? This is a wild, screwed-up world we're living in today. Anything can happen. Anything goes. Mm-hmm. You know, did Peyton Thorne have an NIL agreement that he could? He had to play so many downs. This this does not make sense. Why you would take uh, Ashford out of the ball game? Taking the, he took his team down the field to the red zone, and you pull him out and put Thorne in. Has Thorne got to score so many TDs? Has he got, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it, it's. NIL? 
those are legitimate. I don't know if that applies here, but the fact that that's even a, a, a topic or right, even a thought in it, and I'm not saying you're wrong by any means. The fact that that is a thought, though, in today's game, it is wild for real. Yeah, another, another one of your callers brought up about uh, Hugh Freeze being hired as a CEO. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he brought that up himself, Coach did. He said, I didn't come here to be CEO, and I don't like it. That told me a, that told me a lot right there. He didn't like it. Somebody has told him, turn the reins over to Montgomery or something to that effect. I can't believe that somebody told him to do that. Maybe the way he could, maybe the only way he could get Montgomery to come here, Montgomery agreed that uh, you give me the reins and I'll come to Auburn. But his RPO, his up-tempo game is absolutely gone, not even there. And, you know, you got Robbie Ashford, who's an RPO guy, mm-hmm. up-tempo guy. He fills all the squares for, for you freeze. Yeah, and he does. I don't get it. We're going to find out this week, aren't we, Spectre, against Ole Miss. We'll see who takes the first snap. Great to hear from you, man. See you later. That's Spectre as we wrap up our number one. We've had tons of great callers in this first hour. I want to hear from you. I'd love for you to be one of them as well. 334-321-1390. If we don't have any callers to start the second hour, I want to play some Hugh Freeze audio for you in case you haven't heard it from his press conference yesterday. I was not able to be there, so uh, this will be the second time I get to hear. We'll get to have some comments about that as well, plus some more of my thoughts on this quarterback situation because Spectre's right. I've come full circle, too. That's all coming up here in hour number two here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. The Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. Home of the original Warburger, which is delicious, by the way. The Plaza Bar offers an easy and exciting menu to go along with fantastic drink specials they have some good ones of those as well enjoy the kid and dog friendly plaza patio especially on a day like today that is absolutely gorgeous outside while you keep up with all the other football action you've got baseball action going on right now too so perfect time to go check out the auburn plaza bar and lounge they're located at 800 main street in midtown just off of opelika road they offer happy hour from four to six each weekday they offer a brunch on sunday so no reason for you not to go and check them out the plaza bar and lounge your pregame stop in Auburn. Well, if you missed any of our number one, 
Be sure to uh, go catch up with the podcast. You can find that uh, on our website at ESPNAU.com. We'll post that commercial-free right after the show today, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Talked a lot uh, about Auburn, of course. In that first hour, Auburn LSU reactions, uh, tons of great callers in the first hour. So that was really what the whole first hour was, and I absolutely loved it. And so uh, we uh, had tons of great conversations. I began to get into my thoughts about it. I'll get into some more of those later on here in the hour. A reminder, in case you're just now joining us, no Daryl Dapperts today. I know, I can hear the size already. I know, no Daryl Dapperts today, uh, unable to join us. So we will pick back up with him next Tuesday as we do each and every week at 3.30 on Tuesdays. And so I'm going to talk to you some more a little bit later. But in case you have not heard uh, Hugh Freeze's press conference from yesterday, I was not able to be there. Uh, So I've listened to it once, but this is a great chance to uh, listen to it again. Interesting comments coming out of the LSU game, previewing the Ole Miss game. We'll talk about that, and I'll give you some more of my thoughts on Auburn LSU and Auburn football in general. So this is Hugh Freeze yesterday in his weekly press conference. Happy birthday, Shelly. Yep, thanks for all you do. Um, obviously, um, we'd like to put Saturday night behind us as fast as possible. It was, a, it was really a dominating performance by LSU in all facets. I mean, they, uh, they were more physical. They um, played harder, which is embarrassing and hurtful to say. Um, and, you know, there's, there's one thing for, for a team to have more, more talent. But um, I didn't think we showed up with the, the right energy and drive and competitive spirit, and that, that's, uh, that lies in my lap. And um, that's disappointing. And so it's, uh, I mean, it was, uh, I could go through all the truths of the game, but it was really a, a dominating performance. I think they're a very good football team. I think they've improved defensively in the last two weeks. Uh, offensively, they're, they're one of the better ones that, uh, that I've seen and faced. And, quarterbacks playing at extremely high level so give them a lot of credit and um, we've got a lot to learn from that game certainly no time to uh, to hang our heads or, or feel sorry for ourselves because we got uh, um, another team that's very much like them coming in I think this is the uh, third straight week that we'll be facing the top three offenses in the conference in uh, Georgia LSU and Ole Miss and um, it's, uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge I, I'm thankful that we're at home in Jordan-Hare we need uh it to be at a, at at its all time best, and I know it will be, and uh, we'll get to, we'll get ready and excited to play in this in this challenge, and but a really good football team coming in. Hey, I watched this one on TV. I, I wasn't there. Um, it seemed like in the third and fourth quarter when things were getting away from you, you looked almost like heartbroken, like crest- yeah. be angry and pissed off, and you were. Like sad almost. Yeah. Is that an accurate representation of what you were thinking at the time? Uh, oh yeah, heck yeah, to make you sad when you're you're, you're uh, not competing like you hoped you would. It's uh, um, I don't know if uh, anger is the right response that uh, our kids need right now. They need some hard truths that I'll give them today as soon as I meet with them. I miss meeting on Sundays. I really wish we 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 did that, but um, can't wait to see them today and, and give them the truths of the game and the truths from what I saw and the truths I've already given the coaches and myself. And um, you know, it was disappointing for sure not to compete any better than we did. I don't, I don't, I mean, I wasn't heartbroken. Uh, I understand this game. I understand where we are in our program. I understand it's, it's a, it's going to take some time to build it, but 
you know, if you expect me to, to, you know, I certainly wasn't happy. Uh, so whether you call it sad, angry, or, or whatever, I was definitely not happy. Um, and, you know, you certainly look at yourself first. I do. And you want to, uh, and, you know, you certainly look at yourself first. I do. And you want to, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just want to get it fixed and get us to, to, to be, uh, competitive like Auburn should be. And I know that there's, you know, in this conference, things start going against you, particularly on the road. Um, there's some teams that can put it on you pretty good. And that's what happened. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but you went to Ole Miss at Liberty. Uh, how much does that help with the emotions going into this game after your time at Ole Miss and already playing them? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think, uh, uh, I think that it actually helps a lot. Jill and I uh, actually talked about that um, because, you know, that, that removes the, um, hey, this is your first time, you know, playing Ole Miss, you know, since your departure from there. And um, so I think it's very helpful. Um, that was an emotional day originally, but I was truthfully overwhelmed by, you know, I, I have a lot of friends there and a lot of people that that I think – um, appreciate the good things that we did and certainly um, wish that some things were different at the ending, just like I do. But um, I think time, I mean, it's, we're, what, seven, eight years now rem removed from, you know, my seasons there. So I think most people have, uh, I don't know, I've got a lot of friends there, and, and, and the, but the trip back there absolutely helps um, with, with it now. This is not something that's new. Uh, Coach, pro projecting forward, last year this team was at a crossroads somewhat midseason, and they generated a lot of excitement to get up for the Texas A&M game, and they won it. What's your message to the team internally this year about what you're playing for the rest of the season? How do you get them up for Ole Miss? Well, um, I mean, in building a program, you, you sure, certainly hope you don't have to revisit that all the time just because, you know, you're going to lose some games in this conference, and it's only going to get harder. I think you're, we're approaching the – NFC, AFC version somehow, some way. And, you know, you don't want to have to, every time you lose a game, you have to, well, what are we going to do to finish the year? You know, we, we're playing to, to win a game at Jordan-Hare Saturday night and hear the truths of how we can improve to win it. And, you know, we should play for each other and we should serve each other and we should love each other enough to play. And that's, uh, I think, a greater challenge in today's times than, than ever before, truthfully. I think we're all dealing with it. I, I talked with two coaches this morning in this conference that are friends of mine. That I think we all are dealing with some of the same things. And um, it's uh, coaching is, is becoming a, a harder challenge at this level, and it's one that we've got to uh, embrace and continue to lead well. And hopefully we have enough players that lead well enough that, uh, man, we see another opportunity to represent each other in our university. and and uh, another step toward hopefully getting better as a program. And, uh, but how we prepare this week will show on Saturday. It always does. And that'll be the message. Uh, yes, you uh, personnel or scheme-wise, any, any changes uh, you think you can make to improve the offense at all? And I, I also got to follow up on, on Caleb Burton getting his first start. Is he a guy that's been coming on for you? Uh, Caleb, uh, you know, it's, it's great that you honor, that you can honor players sometimes because they really did things the right way. They practiced the right way. 
they're doing the things that are we say are the standard in, in, in this program, and Caleb has done that, and it was exciting to see him get his first reps, and I expect him to get more. Um, you know, offensively, we, we've we, we've obviously, it's well documented, we've struggled to be consistent, and we had four possessions in that game to cut it to a one-score game. Not saying we would have won the game or, or, or what would have happened, but it certainly would have given us confidence and, and momentum. And we had three before the half and one right out of the half, and we found a way in three of the four um, to, to kill the drive. And I say we found a way. That's coaches and players. Um, you know, one of the four, give LSU total credit for, for that. But um, those, the margin of error, again, for where we are, um, we, we can't do that. I mean, let's just imagine if we get 10 points out of those four drives, you know, it's then, you know, 20 to 17. And we got three points out of those four drives and it was 20 to 10 and then it kind of snowballed after that. But, um, you know, we'll continue to try every personnel to make sure we're, we're playing the best kids. I think this, the plan was good. Um, awful start. I don't think that helped. Um, with the first possession uh, going like it did, I thought that uh, we we looked um, like zombies a bit on the sideline after that, and it just um, it, it kind of snowballed. But um, no no real earth shaking personnel changes, just to try to get the best plan that our kids understand that they can execute with who we have. You know, it's one thing to walk out there and say, "Hey, man, I know we can throw a post route." Well, great. All right, who's going to run that post route? And is he going to run it correctly? And is he able athletically to beat this corner if that matchup's there? And who's going to throw it? And are we good enough to do that and win the game? And if we are, we got to figure out exactly who those people are. So we're, we're having a lot of discussions that go into certain plays that, um, truthfully, I haven't had a lot of. Hey, Coach, I know there's been a number of factors on offense which haven't led to that unit clicking on all cylinders. Have you considered giving Robbie more reps, maybe between the 20s, just if nothing else, to light a spark? Yeah, we, we, we consider everything and everybody, and so that will continue to be in our thoughts. You know, I know playmakers, getting the ball in the hands of your playmaker is, is, is the main goal. You mentioned kind of trying to find – how hard is it to balance that by – not substituting and tipping your hand based on what you're doing and would, again, go back to tempo, would that help some if you could get some of that going? Y'all know, I mean, my whole history is I probably wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for tempo offense and RPO world. And um, so it's a very uncomfortable feeling for me to, to not be in that world. But um, we, got, we are very, very, very thin and you get in that kind of game with last week, LSU this week with Ole Miss, they want that kind of game. I mean, they, they, they thrive in that kind of game. And I just don't know. It's, it's, it's not working right now the, the other way either. So I, I, it's a struggle. You know, if you say, hey, man, let's just go fast with them and see if, if we can do that, then you're asking Marcus Harris to play 80 snaps a game because, you know, of, of just depth issues or not just Marcus, but – um, other defensive linemen, and I'm not sure that's smart either. So it's uh, we're still kind of debating that. 
uh, what's the right approach. Hugh, you mentioned some of it after the game, the early issues, you know, early on with the pre-snap penalties. Coming out of the bye week, were you were you surprised maybe with some of the, the lack of execution in spots? Well, there's just two plays, and that's a shocking thing, and it ne never happened again the whole game. And uh, so uh, it, that is baffling to me um, and don't have an answer, and, and neither did our kids. I just, you know, I mean, I know we, it was it was probably the loudest it w was going to get at that moment because you're uh, starting from the student section and um, but um, I mean to never for it not to be an issue the rest of the game but it was two out of the first three plays is is kind of baffling to me and, and certainly disappointing I just I don't have an answer I mean um, thought they heard a clap and but there was no clap Coming off the Georgia game, you felt like Robbie, I mean, I'm sorry, Peyton had made some progress. Just your evaluation of his, his game, especially after watching the film from the LSU game. Um, you know, still again, and when I say these things, it's a combination. I want to be clear. It's not just the quarterback that makes the passing game go. It's the protection. It's the routes. It's the correct routes. Um, and we had some inconsistencies at the quarterback spot. On throws, I mean, we almost came back from the uh, from that those two mishaps on the first possession. You know, we complete a pass, then we throw another one to, and Luke Deal is wide open, and we missed the throw. And um, so there was great protection. The route was good. Um, so there's, and then there's others where you know the route may be a little deep, and the ball's coming out on the timing that it should. So it's a combination. It was, but it's the passing game is still inconsistent. From a health standpoint, I'm <clears throat> sorry. Is there any any chance that that a, that a Demari could be back this week, and also just is anything new kind of picked up? At LSU? Yeah, we just had a we just had a staff earlier this morning. Uh, it doesn't look good for Demari. Um, you know, Simpson was not a hundred percent for sure Saturday night, but hopefully he'll get better, and then uh, hopefully we'll get uh, good news on Keontae at some point soon because uh, he he makes a huge difference in our leadership and. Um, Austin Keys, I know, got out of his cast and is. Uh, don't think he'll be ready this week, but but um, getting closer. Uh, Coach, as far as the game flow, when you guys evaluated yourselves in terms of calling plays and maybe personnel decisions, um, do you are you guys going to make any changes in terms of how you're switching out quarterbacks during the game, or you know, should fans expect to see? You know, one quarterback take the take the helm a little bit more. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, we're still. I mean, we're up here late last night, obviously, and today, and I really hadn't seen the staff much today because of everything I have to do Monday mornings. But um, that's still being discussed. Uh, but I would expect that you would see both both QBs. Coach, post game, Eugene Asante said that he wants the team to be able to get up for these big games and want to play in these big games. Do you have a? issue with the competitive makeup of this team or is it just a talent issue at this point um that's that's tough to know i think our te team has competed hard in every game um except for times the other night and, and obviously when you say team you're not saying that it's every individual um there's still some extraordinarily in, uh, great efforts by certain individuals but um it, it seemed flat it, it did, and um, you know, but I don't. Again, you don't make too much uh, of that in one particular game. So I don't think it's uh, now. If we have three or four in a row that that were flat, then it becomes a, a real issue. But 
you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's the way we started on both offense and defense that we were shocked. Um, and uh, it seemed flat. But um, I haven't talked to the kids yet. And I'll see them this afternoon. You mentioned another good offense this week in Ole Miss. How similar are they to what LSU likes to do? And I guess how confident are you that you guys can have a bounce back performance? Yeah, they, um, they're they similar. They go faster than LSU. I mean, LSU's not tempo all the time. I mean, uh, Lane and and, and uh, Charlie are, you know, they want to go fast all the time. And that's hard to prepare for, for sure. They do a few more things in the uh, run game than LSU and probably in the pass game too. But um, – you know, and their quarterback's playing at a high level. I think's only turned it over, I don't know, two times. Um, talented receivers, great running backs, O-line's really solid. Um, I hadn't watched uh, too much of their defense yet. I'll do that this afternoon. But um, I know my guy said they're playing extremely hard on defense for sure and, and obviously are stopping people for the most part. So... I think you got a complete team and, uh, you know, give credit to the job, you know, Lane's done there and, and um, when he took over and has built it back into a, a competitive top 25 program. You were talking about on after the game about the those RPO fades that you guys run, especially when they're tightened up on you at, at corner. Um, you know, I've thrown a lot of those this year, had some success early, not as much recently. It just what do you think has kind of kind of been the issue there, kind of holding back? Because those are obviously key plays in, in y'all's playbook. That was critical in three of the drives. We got really good drives going in second and medium or short, and it put us in third down, which we've been very poor on. And Probably if we hand it off, we're probably looking at a first down or or at least a third and short. Um, that is the system. But, um, you know, we've got to figure out if that's really who we are, um, whether the throw's a little off or whether the, the corner just won and give him credit or whether we ran a route in a way that allowed the corner to win. It's, it's a combination of all those. Yeah, you've said several times you're you're here because you like tempo and your RPO. When you get this roster fully realized, two years, three years, whenever, is that what Auburn's going to be? Absolutely. You're going to be like Ole Miss is now? I hope. <laughs> I like those stats I see from them. So that was Hugh Freeze yesterday in his weekly press conference. Um, again, I, I like to play that for you on Tuesdays uh, to let you listen to that. And hopefully uh, throughout the three different shows, I know we all kind of carry it. Hopefully you can get bits and pieces of it, or maybe you can hear the whole thing a couple of times and uh, really piece together what Hugh Freeze is saying. Coming out of the LSU game and looking ahead to Ole Miss, which we all know will be a special game for him. It is at home this weekend, and as he mentioned as well, not his first time playing Ole Miss uh, after his tenure there and so that's what's coming up this weekend when we come back we'll talk some more Auburn I want to look around college football just a little bit as well and would love to hear from you on the phone lines 334-321-1390 they are wide open reminder no Daryl Dapperts today he normally joins me Tuesdays at 3 30 so no Daryl today so phone lines are open give me a call what's on your mind what are your thoughts on Auburn football coming out of LSU moving on to Ole Miss or maybe just your thoughts around college football in general after a busy weekend in the sport. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. The Tuesday edition of On the Line continues when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. 
Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Um, got a couple of things to talk about before uh, we get to our bottom of the hour break. And again, no Daryl Dapperts today, so we'll be talking more Auburn football. I'll continue to get into my thoughts about all of this um, from the weekend and moving on to Ole Miss this coming weekend for Auburn football. And phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. Got a couple of minutes, so we'll probably push you back to the next segment. Just want to make sure uh, whoever calls in, you get plenty of time uh, to talk. But did want to update you on some local high school news um, that is happening and just happened today. Uh, there's some news uh, that's been in the works for a little bit. There's been some things that have been uh, going on with local high schools, and one of them involves the high school that I'm involved with. One of them involve it involves the school, one of the schools that us here at Auburn Network are involved with. So it's been in the works for a little bit. But as of today, on October 17th, 2023, Lee Scott Academy will now be a part of the Alabama High School Athletic Association starting in 2024. What does that mean exactly? Well, for those of you that have not been familiar with this, um, of course, Auburn High School is, is AHSAA, Opelika is AHSAA, but Lee Scott Academy, the school that I call for, I'm the voice of Lee Scott, we have been a part of the Alabama Independent School Association, the AISA, which is independent schools, a lot of private schools, a lot of Christian schools, right? A lot of private schools that have been playing other private independent schools. So we play teams like Glenwood and Autauga and Fort Dale and Valiant Cross and Springwood and, and other schools that are a part of the AISA. And a lot of them are smaller schools and, again, private schools, uh, Christian academies, right? A lot of those schools are part of the AISA. Well, over the past couple of years, um, schools like Lee Scott and Glenwood have just gotten a little bit big for the AISA britches. And what I mean by that is the schools are just getting a little big. And the competition in my opinion, I've been the voice for almost two years for Lee Scott now, and you can tell that there is a gap in the competition between some of these smaller schools that Lee Scott and Glenwood are competing against versus Lee Scott and Glenwood. And so they now applied for AHSAA, and the meetings happened today. They turned in all the paperwork. The meetings happened today, and the voting took place, and Lee Scott is now officially a part of the AHSAA. And I'm going to try and read this press release for you really quickly here. It says, After going before the Alabama High School Athletic Association Central Board of Control and reviewing its application, Lee Scott Academy has been voted in and approved to join the AHSAA in all athletic sports starting in the 2024-2025 academic year. For nearly 40 years, Lee Scott has competed in the AISA, but starting next year, the Warriors will compete among the member schools of the AHSAA in all other facets, including academically and in other arts. Lee Scott Academy will remain a private school member of the AISA. So, there you have it. Some local sports news outside of Auburn. So excited for that as well. We'll be right back. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Opelika sports leader. Let's get to the phone lines once again. We've had a ton of great callers today. 334-321-1390. And Bill, you're on the line. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, War Eagle. Yes, sir. War Eagle to you. What's on your mind? I think I want to talk to all these coaches out here. Okay. You know, we got us a coach, and I think he's a good one, and we got to put our faith in him, and that's just all it is to it. Oh, you're you're talking to the coaches on the other end of the radio. I understand. I understand. There's a whole bunch of coaches. (laughs) And they all got their opinion. But if we're going to stand strong, we'll eagle. And we got to be there Saturday night, screaming our heads off mm-hmm. and backing up the coach. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And, and he talked about that in, that in the press conference yesterday that I just played for you guys a little bit ago. Um, he, he talked about that, right? I mean, this is, it, it's sort of like last year, not, I know there's a lot of differences, but this is the time of the year where there's going to be a lot of fans that could either, and there's a lot of teams in this same situation. I'm not saying it's particular to Auburn, but this is the time where your team is 3-3, three and three, you're on a three-game losing streak, and you're coming back home after a really tough stretch, and you're playing a really tough team in Ole Miss. Is, this is a time where the fans can either really push back in right, and really get behind the program and the team and the players and the coaches, or you can bow out and just say, you know what, Well, I'm just going to see where it goes, but I don't want to be a part of it. I don't think that's what Auburn's going to do this weekend. I think Auburn fans will show up and be extremely loud and sell out for Jordan-Hare Stadium in a night game in the SEC, which we know is one of the best atmospheres in college football. Hey, brother, Auburn Jesus flies at night. <laughs> You're right about that. You are right about that, Bill. The Doug, how many games, how many more games do you think we can win this season? It's a good question. Um, Luckily for Auburn, luckily for Auburn, the schedule gets uh, very, very, very manageable down the stretch. You have a tough game this weekend, but I do think it's winnable if Auburn can find a way to move the football and get into the end zone. I know that's very elementary, but it it is what it is right now with this team. But you have Mississippi State at home. That's winnable. Vanderbilt on the road. That's winnable. Arkansas on the road. That's winnable because Arkansas hasn't looked very good either. They're a good team. They're better than their record shows, but they are just not playing well right now. Then you have New Mexico State and, of course, the Iron Bowl. So I think Auburn has at least four more wins on this schedule. I really, really do, which would put them at seven wins and ultimately would put them around seven and five or give or take, right? I think Auburn that, can, can get there. I really do. do that, did, does that get us back to the Birmingham bottle? Um, Possibly. Normally that's around, yeah, around a six and six or a seven and five team. And that's, unfortunately, that's where Auburn has been projected quite a bit is around that Birmingham Bowl area and I know a lot of Auburn fans don't want to be there but let's just be honest I think coming into the year we talked about bowl eligibility was a big thing to get in year one and given how we're looking halfway through I think bowl eligibility no matter if it is the Birmingham Bowl or not 
I think you have to be happy with at least six wins, but I think they can get to seven. Yeah, boy, War Eagle on that. And War Eagle on Saturday night, and War Eagle on Full Stadium, and War Eagle on getting loud and proud. There you go, man. There you go. Well, hey, it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate the call, man. Okay. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. Would love to hear from you as well. And that's what we've sort of alluded to and been talking about with this schedule. It was a brutal middle section, and it still is, right? You are still in that four-game window. You're still in it. You're still in that four-game section where we talked about trying to get a singular win, get one, and you're down to your last chance in this four-game window. And we talked about all the different scenarios of when Auburn was Auburn was 3-0, and right? They had played UMass, and they played Sanford, and they had to escape with a win against Cal, but how good does that look right now, right? Not in, in any sense of what Cal is doing. I'm just saying at least Auburn's 500 right now, right? At least Auburn's 3-3 three and three right now. What if Auburn had lost that Cal game? And if it was any better team, they probably would have. But Auburn could be 2-4. and four. That sounds a whole lot worse than 3-3, three and three, does it not? This fan base, and you, the listener, you would be very upset and very worried, and myself included, would be very worried if Auburn was 2-4. and four right now versus three and three like they are currently so no the cow game wasn't sexy by any means and it's look it's not going to go down as a program changing win by any means and we're going to forget about it down the road but at the end of this season that cow game could really hold strong for what could be a seven-win season in year one, given everything that's already happened, which would be pretty crazy. But you look at the schedule in the back end, starting this weekend with Ole Miss, who's a very good team. They're a top-15 team right now. Whether you think so or not, they are. They're 5-1, and 2-1 and one in the conference, and guess what? They're in the driver's seat to win the SEC West if they keep doing what they're doing. Which is, again, kind of crazy. They have everything in front of them to win the SEC West. So let's say, for conversation's sake, that Auburn, who is not favored this weekend, let's say they lose this weekend. That puts Auburn at 3-4. and And you're through the toughest part of your schedule, right? You lost those four games and we said you had to win one. You You lose all four. What do you have to play for then? Well, you're trying to get bowl eligibility. Like I was just telling him, no matter what the bowl game is, you have to be, or you should be, pleased with at least making the postseason, whether you think it's worth it or not. That's a whole separate conversation of whether the postseason and bowl games nowadays are, are worth anything. But given what this team is and what Hugh Freeze took over and everything that's happened already, like making it to a bowl game is going to be tough and should be pleasing to Auburn fans, in my opinion. But you have three of those six wins. 
let's say realistically you lose this weekend against Ole Miss. You're three and four. You have Mississippi State next weekend at home, which is a 2.30 kick on SEC Network. Thank God that's not an 11 a.m. kick. I don't know how. But it's a 2.30 kick. Should be a beautiful day. Beautiful afternoon in Auburn next week for Mississippi State. I'm looking forward to it. I think you can win that game. You've got the, somebody said it earlier, the Jimmys and Joes. You've got those. You've got Jimmys and Joes compared to Mississippi State. Let's just be real. You've got them. Even right now, you've got them. So I like your chances there. Same thing against Vanderbilt. And boom, all of a sudden, you're sitting with five wins. All of a sudden, you're in a good position to make something of this season when you go on the road to Arkansas and a chance to play good on the road for the first time all season. Now, that depends on what you do at Vanderbilt, but you get what I'm saying here. Then you get New Mexico State, boom, there's your bowl game. That leaves you Arkansas and Alabama to do whatever you want to do. Arkansas could be seven wins. Alabama could be eight. I know it's crazy. But we're playing our favorite game here on On the Line, and that's the what-if game. So there's still a lot to play for here. But here's the problem. This rule has not changed. I talk about this a lot. This rule has not changed. I know there's a lot of changes going on in college football right now. And I know there's a lot of rule changes and a lot of things being implemented and taken away. But there's one really important thing that hasn't changed in the game of college football or football at all. You still have to score more points than the other team to win. That hasn't changed. As far as I know, that factor hasn't changed. And Auburn can't find out how to do that because they're not scoring the football. They're not moving the football. They're not sustaining drives offensively. Why? There's a lot of reasons. And it all comes back to the main central topic that we've been talking about for weeks. It's the quarterback spot. We knew Peyton Thorne was going to start on Saturday against LSU. Whether you thought he should or not, he was going to. I said he would, and I, th- and I said he should against LSU. But we talked about, and I posed this question to you, my listeners, you. I said, was this the breaking point for Peyton Thorne? And we're going to find out if it was this weekend or not. But I think it was. I really do. Do I think he's a bad quarterback? No, I don't. We saw what he did at Michigan State. He was a good, he was a really good quarterback at Michigan State. But all of a sudden, he comes down here. Yes, he missed spring ball. Yes, his receivers are not what they need to be. His offensive line has been all over the place this year. And the offense has just been stale. And it really is, to me, the best word that I could come up with is disappointing. Baffling. I don't get it. Terry brought up a point off the air earlier. And it's a great point. He said, is the Big Ten, is there that much of a difference between the Big Ten and the SEC when it comes to level of competition? Because look at his numbers a couple of years ago at Michigan State. They were great. And I know it was last year he took a step back, but still. 
He comes to the SEC, and as of right now, it's deer in the headlights. It's non-existent. There's no fire. There's no good throws. There's no good decisions. It really is mind-blowing. And the only time that Auburn moves the ball offensively is when Robbie Ashford is in the football game. Do I think he's a better thrower than Peyton Thorne? No. Do I think he's a better quarterback IQ-wise, football IQ-wise, than Peyton Thorne? No. But do I think that Robbie Ashford, as of right now, on Tuesday, October 17th, 2023, gives Auburn football a better chance to win football games in the SEC than Peyton Thorne? You bet he does. You bet that Robbie Ashford gives Auburn a better chance to win right now than Peyton Thorne. And that goes against everything I said in the offseason. And I will be the first one to tell you that. But we can all see it with our own two eyes. We can all see it. Now, I don't know what's going on in the back end, whether it's a lack of knowing the playbook or off-field things or just a lack of confidence from coaches or him. I don't know. I'm hearing things, but I don't know. But you can't tell me after watching the first six weeks and the limited action that Robbie Ashford has seen and when he's in, the spark that's there offensively and the moving of the football that's there when he's at quarterback versus Peyton Thorne, you can't tell me that he doesn't give this team a better chance to win. And it goes against everything I thought and everything I said. And Peyton Thorne has had his chances, buddy. Believe me, he's had them. And nothing has changed. Nothing has gotten better. And when you don't have the receivers to throw to because they're not getting open and they don't catch it when you throw it to them anyway, and you have a quarterback that's scared for his life in the pocket and not picking up first downs with his legs and not making the throws when he needs to, at some point you got to call off the guard and say and call the dogs off and say, all right, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. And do I think Robbie Ashford's going to come in and just throw it all over the yard for 400 yards a game and five touchdowns and no picks? No, but I don't think you have to do that. Play to his strengths. Play to Robbie Ashford's strengths. Let him run like crazy. Run the read option. Throw it when you have to. And let him move the football and let Auburn score. Because scoring 18, 20, and 10 points in your first three SEC games, that's not going to get it done. It hasn't yet. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to work this weekend when you play Ole Miss, who can put 50 on you at any time. It's crazy. And as Spectre said earlier, we've come full circle. We've come full circle. And as of right now, until I see something different, Robbie Ashford gives you the best chance to win football games at quarterback if you're Auburn. 334-321-1390. We're going to get to the phone lines when we come back. We'll wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Don't go anywhere. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
Let's get to the phone lines as we are winding down here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. Dak, you're on the line, brother. Got a few minutes. What's up? Hey, man. I just uh, was going to talk a little bit about uh, what you've been talking about. Yeah, shoot. You know, look, I was there, and and then I watched it again last night uh, when I got back in town. Oh, you made the trip down to Baton Rouge? I did. I did. I had great seats and uh, and uh, had a good time. But, good. But watching watching it on TV and when they would show uh, Peyton, he you can see it in his face. You can see it in his eyes. He's miserable. I mean, it, you can just see it. And he's obviously uh, he's probably feeling the pressure, the heat from 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 the fans. Yeah. I don't think. I do agree with you. I don't think he's. I don't think Robbie is any better quarterback than he is, by no means. But I do think it's time to see what would happen, and and see if it gives us a boost. But realize that when if we do do that, we do change the offense and we will run the football more, mm-hmm. which is what I think we need to do because of the receiver situation. Uh. And what's going to happen is Robbie's probably going to get his chance. And the next four games, the defenses ain't near as tough as the last three weeks. So my guess is he's going to look like an All-American and people are going to say, see there, see there, I told you. That's a great – that's a but really, really good a, point, Dak. That's, I'm, I'm so huge, glad you brought that up. There is going to be a huge drop-off for the next four weeks on defensive side. Yeah, you're right. And – and, and that's what people's going to say if he comes in there and wins the game. But we need to win. And I think it's just about having a spark, having something different. But I believe that the other quarterback as well can run that same type of offense. He shows what kind of speed he has mm-hmm. when he was running down the sideline against Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe the one thing that Robbie does give that Thorne does not have is and, – and, and when I coach quarterbacks, you you have some of these. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. But have you ever heard you have a shortstop as a quarterback? Yep. And he can drop his arm and throw it in angles that other quarterbacks can't? Yep. Well, Robbie gives us that. And when you're running a uh, spread offense, whether you're running the outside zone or the sweeps, and you can then hit somebody like a tight end, which I would love to see us do more of, Robbie gives you that advantage over a guy that comes over the top throwing. And but anyway, we talked about this and that when it comes to that. But the next four weeks, the defense that we're going to see don't come close to the last three weeks that we mm-hmm. have. That we've had. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, Dak. But here's here's the thing I'll say in rebuttal. And hey, man, I got to let you go. We're about to get out of here. Appreciate the call, man. <laughs> Great to hear from you, Dak. Here's what I'll say in rebuttal to that. I agree 1,000%, and you're absolutely right, that if, let's say, Robbie takes over this weekend, or shoot, let's say he takes over next weekend, you're playing Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State, right? You're playing defenses that are not very good in the SEC. But here's what I say in rebuttal to that. Peyton Thorne had his chance against a bad SEC defense. He had his chance against 
LSU, who was bottom two statistically before last weekend in SEC. Now, LSU has better defensive players than these other teams that Auburn's about to play. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, whoever. They have better players. They just hadn't been playing like it. But Peyton Thorne had his chance against a bad defense. And it still didn't work. This offense had their chance against a bad defense. And it just didn't work. So, I think it's time. I really do. I think it's time. And you know what? If Robbie comes in and lights the world on fire, who cares? Who cares? Right? Who cares if you were right or wrong about Peyton Thorne? Who cares if you were right or wrong about Robbie Ashford? You, if you listen to this show, you can. I hope you can tell. I don't care. I don't care who it is. And again, I will be the first one to tell you that I was wrong about something. And it turns out, so far, I was wrong about Peyton Thorne. Now, I don't think I'm wrong about Robbie Ashford when it comes to throwing ability and game and game IQ yet. But we haven't seen enough this season. He could be there by now. But if he was, why hadn't he got the chance? I think it's a legitimate question. And maybe that's a question on the coaching staff. Maybe it's a question for off-field stuff. I don't know. But we're going to find out. But I think a decision has to be made. Because you got to move the ball. you got to have a spark. you got to do something on offense. And so far, it hasn't been done. I don't care who plays quarterback. Give me a helmet. I'll do it. As long as Auburn's moving the ball, scoring, and being competitive, and something has, and there's a little bit of optimism, that's all Auburn fans want. They want some hope. That's all they want. Have a great day.